0: Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Ah, the unknown. <laughs> Depending upon your perspective, it can be the stuff of bad dreams or quantum physics or of grand adventures. And sometimes truly it's all that And more. And, you know, for me, um, the desire to discover, to to know the pull to know and the want for more has been really a compelling force in my life. And whether that was traveling alone into the jungles of West Africa to meet a shaman or going to graduate school in another country, you know, one sounds much more prosaic than the other at this point. Um, But I have to say that fear Took a back seat in all of that, or at least maybe a side seat. I don't think back seat is really so true. But when I had the opportunity to have a conversation with my guest today, who, boy, has had a singular set of life experiences where the unknown, travel, inner guidance, miracles, or all have all come together, I immediately said, well, yes, please. So stay tuned for my um, time today with our guest here at Wisdom Talk Radio. And I am Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head over there to discover your quantum connection with your inner guidance by taking the quantum connection quiz. We're each designed to connect with source differently, uniquely, and knowing your own style is the first step of aligning with your inner guidance in a way and at a deeper level than you ever thought you could. It's the secret to having abundant flow in your business and your personal life. So my guest today is Renee Linnell. She is a serial entrepreneur who has founded or co-founded five companies and has an MBA from New York University. Before that, she was a model and professional dancer. Her mission is to remind people who they truly are. And that is something, that's a way that I say it so much. So that's another way that I really connected with you, Renee, and to reignite their passion for being alive. What began as writing for Catharsis in 2013, as she struggled to retain, not to retain, regain her sanity after being brainwashed in a Buddhist cult, that turned into her first memoir, The Burn Zone, a memoir. Still on Fire is the sequel. And I know we'll be touching on that today, but welcome, Renee. I am really pleased to have you on the show.
1: Thank you, Lori. It's really nice to be here.
0: So where do we begin with all of this? I mean, boy, I, we could talk forever because you're a great storyteller, first of all. And Thank you. As I read um, um, Still on Fire, I, I was it was hard to put down. It was like I love hearing that (laughs) (laughs) it was it was the kind of story where you want to say, oh, I can't believe that just happened. What's going to happen next? And how is this going to move, you know, move into its next place? And one of the things I was so continually moved by through the through reading your book is the role of inner guidance. And uh, because it's something I teach, because it's something that has actually been so life changing for me. I want to maybe start us out with having you speak to that. I mean, how would you say that your own relationship with inner guidance has evolved over the last years?
1: I've always had a really strong connection to my inner guidance. I think it has never let me follow the herd. It's always forced me to follow my own path, which has made life difficult for me, especially when I was younger. Um, It also made life wonderful. Um, But what I've noticed, especially after ignoring it, when I was in the cult and then after in this terrible relationship in New York that ended up, I ended up in the New York tabloids and losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. um, I was ignoring my inner guidance in order to become enlightened because my (laughs) spiritual teachers told me that it wasn't my inner guidance. It was dark forces, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Um, But as I learned, as I healed and discovered I guess how to rebuild the more authentic pieces of myself from the rubble. Let's just say I noticed my inner guidance. If I really wanted to be happy, I had to listen all the time. Even when it was whispering, I don't want coffee this morning. I want tea or I don't want to go to dinner tonight with these friends. I need to stay home and take a bath.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Or even with my writing, I really want to put this vulnerable part of my story in the book, even though my Catholic upbringing tells me that a lady doesn't talk about what happens behind the closed doors of her bedroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The more I've honored every little whisper from my inner guidance the happier i am and the kinder i am and the be- i'm a better human because of it
0: yeah that that's that's so beautifully said and and i have found the very same thing of that how important it is to follow every little piece what seems like a little piece right and and i don't really think it is because i don't think that the universal life force distinguishes between big and small
1: Well, and I think that we're called to put our life force energy into particular places every moment, right? And so when we're getting a really strong instinct I'm not meant to go to dinner with these friends tonight. I'm meant to stay home. It's because whatever's going to happen at home that evening is where our, our life force energy is is meant to be. And maybe it's writing the next chapter of an important mm-hmm. book or being there for a friend who has to call because she's upset. We never know.
0: Right, right. It's, that's I, I love that you said that. I, yeah, I, I'm thinking back to a time where... I wanted to go with some friends that were going from one place back to Denver, who were where I didn't live at the time. And and I was so set on that. And someone very important to me in my life at that moment said, oh, you know, I really need to be with her alone. Let you know you need to stay or would you stay? And I stayed and that's and I got pregnant. Oh, Oh, and is, yeah it was <laughs> it was so profound because I needed to be there it needed it was that timing it was all of that and I wasn't paying attention I wasn't asking I wasn't listening and so thank goodness you know someone was in a sense was listening for me at least to right. be able to say yeah well you know and and I had been married for 13 years at that time so it was not like uh, you know it was a distant thing no matter what Right. Wow. So we do we do have to listen for those small moments and to know, oh, if I'm not to go to this party. OK, because there's always a bigger picture.
1: Well, and I think after betraying myself so much through my whole cult experience and, and after I my spirit will not let me do it anymore. Or the second I try, I get really, for example, I'll be upset all day and I don't know why. And I realize it's because I have dinner plans that evening. And when I finally and I ignore that I'm upset and I continue with my to-do list and I ignore it and I ignore it. And now I finally stop and I say, I my self-talk is so kind now. And I say, sweetie. Sweet girl, what are you so upset about? And when I stop and listen, it's because I really don't want to go to dinner. I need a night home alone or whatever it is, even a trip. If I have a trip planned and I'm so excited about it, but I'm getting that feeling, I will cancel now.
0: So that feeling has become, in a way, a guiding light
1: Yes, a very strong. If I feel irritable or anxious, I always stop now and ask why.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about that, about that asking why for you, about how how that works for you.
1: I just notice that I'm off, that I am, I'm a little irritable or um, I'm rushing or I'm a little angry Mm -hmm. and that's not, I don't think that that's our normal balance point. Mm -hmm. I think that we're beings of love and our normal balance point is a love based, gratitude based vibration. Mm -hmm. And so I find for myself when I'm suddenly irritated with the world or angry or annoyed or sad something's off. Mm-hmm. So I always try to stop now and say, well, what is it that's off? What is it that I need? What is it that a small part of me needs right now. And it feels like she isn't getting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it really is. I want to sit down for 10 minutes under a blanket and have a cup <laughs> of tea. You know, just I don't care about the to-do list. I need 10 right. minutes to know that you're taking care of me. And then I do that and I feel so much better. Yeah,
0: And I'm aware that our to-do lists are usually generated by our analytical linear brains. Right. And, and so they only have that part of us, I'll say it that way, only has a piece of the picture. And, and there's so much more of the picture that's available. So wouldn't we be foolish to not tune into that and, and perhaps create our to-do list in a much more expanded way?
1: Right. And to follow the flow of energy. For example, laundry. There are days where I can't even bear the idea of doing laundry, but it's on my to do list. Mm-hmm. And then I've learned if I wait till I'm in flow, the laundry happens almost effortlessly and with joy. Yes. But if I try to force it because it's on my to do list, I'm upset and irritable. And I hate <laughs> every second of it. So I'm learning to try to wait for the flow. And, yeah. and when the flow comes, it's joyful.
0: It is joyful. I think that is probably one of those, um, touch points as well. You know, when the, when the joy is there, that's a tell.
1: And the effortlessness and how it becomes effortless, or even a day of running errands can be effortless when it's in flow. You get all the green traffic lights, the perfect parking spots, you meet the nice people, everything's in flow. It's all happening easily. Mm-hmm. And when we're out of flow, it's terrible.
0: It is. And the, You said something, though, that I think is really important, which is it doesn't take a whole lot to necessarily change it.
1: Right. Right. Sometimes it is just stopping and saying, or where is my vibration? For example, I was traveling. I love traveling, even though it's difficult. And I never, I assume I'm not going to end up where I'm going. I'll end up where the universe wants me. I always pack extra food and extra, you know, a little bit of clothing in my carry-on and my carry on. And, and I had one morning where it just was, I was getting there late and I couldn't find a parking spot and then the security people weren't nice and the guy at checkout wasn't check-in wasn't mm-hmm. nice. And so I finally stopped and I said, I'm really out of vibration. I don't want this day to continue like this. What is happening? And I realized that I had been wearing high heels, which I never travel in. I don't travel in. But that day I thought I was going to Mexico. I had a dress and heels on, but I had sandals with me. And Uh I stopped and I took the high heels off and I put the sandals on and I took a deep breath and everything was better.
0: Wow. Wow. But my
1: body did not want me in high heels for traveling. It wanted right. me to be comfortable and safe and, mm-hmm. be, and able to move easily. And
0: we don't know the, the beauty of that. We don't know what it would have been had you continued, except right. that it would have been push more pushing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you mentioned, um, the experience that you wrote about in your first book, um, About, you know, feeling like your own agency over your following your inner guidance was had been kind of squashed. So there was a lot of self-doubt that I think got generated and maybe that was there before. I don't know. But how did you come to move out of self-doubt? Because That's such a big uh, stumbling block for so many people.
1: Well, I think that's the telltale sign of any toxic relationship is the self-doubt. And that's what happened to me with this group. Um, and again, like any toxic relationship, if you go on a first date and somebody hits you, you get up and you leave the table. Or if they say something cruel, you get up and you leave. Mm-hmm. But they start with romance and they start with making you feel loved and included. And mm-hmm. and for me, with the spiritual group, it was a Buddhist group. And I felt like I had found my tribe. Mm-hmm. And even though I had had this wonderful life traveling the world as a surf model and professional Argentine tango dancer, I was soul sick. Mm -hmm. And I felt so sad inside. And I thought I was the only one who felt that way. I looked out at the world and everyone seemed to have it figured out. Right. Except for me. Mm -hmm. And I was 33 when I found this group and I meditated and the opening of the burn zone is me meditating in front of my spiritual teacher for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I realized now I went into Samadhi and everything turned white and peace exploded inside my mind. And I thought, I don't care who she is. I don't care what she says. I'm home. This peace Mm -hmm. is what I've been searching for my whole life. Um, And it was amazing in the beginning. And then they slowly eroded my, my sense of self, my support structure, took away friends and family and activities that empowered me and then started telling me all the ways I was flawed and not, able to become enlightened. So self-doubt came in. Yeah.
0: Self-doubt came in from the outside really.
1: Right. 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 And then not trusting, no longer trusting my intuition, which again, Mm -hmm. I hear all the time with female friends when they know that their partner isn't being faithful Mm -hmm. and they say something and then he says, no, you're imagining it. So again, it's that gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then we're, we're not trusting. We know something's off, but we're not trusting ourselves. And and I do still struggle struggle with self-doubt um, as this book Still on Fire came out. And I do reveal some really intimate parts of my mm. sex life. Even though I kept checking in with myself that I I wanted to put them in the book to help encourage other women to be more liberated sexually and men. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been going through a little phase of self-doubt as I realized the men in my small town are reading it. And especially <laughs> men that have wanted to ask me out. And, um, oh, dear. <laughs> you
2: know,
1: and I think, again, I check in with my little my little The little girl inside of me, and she doesn't want me to doubt her. She's, Mm -hmm. you know, say three years old, and she's so proud of her story and her book. And Mm -hmm. and so when I doubt, I'm telling her that I don't believe in her. And so I have to Mm -hmm. constantly check in and say, I'm feeling self-doubt. And then I talk to that part of myself, and I say, sweetie, I believe in you. I believe in your book. I believe in the way you wrote it. I believe in what you're doing. And I'm sorry,
0: I'm doubting you. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting what you said about self-doubt and toxic relationships, because I'm reflecting on that in terms of our relationship with ourselves. For right. me, self-doubt was such a big thing. And it's, you know, I was on one hand quite successful, but on another hand, there was all this self-doubt in me and it wasn't until I had certain experiences that I got to feel the difference between what self-doubt felt like, right. which was coming out of really an ego kind of, well, is this true? Is this not true? Can I actually trust what I'm experiencing? Good things. I mean, right. really good things. And no, if I believe that then it's going to take me down this path and but the difference between that feeling and the feeling of love there's just the the internal feeling of love that comes from feeling connected with the universe
1: well and and you think about how so many of us those of us that are single are looking for somebody to love us and treat us mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. And then you think of what we do to ourselves inside our mind because we're bombarded by the media with messaging that says we're not okay, Mm -hmm. that we're not Mm -hmm. that we're ugly, that we're not successful, that we're all these things so that we'll buy their products. Mm -hmm. You think, you know, women, especially we look in the mirror and we criticize, we look at cell phone pictures of ourselves and we criticize or especially those of us that are really high achievers, we're not achieving enough, no matter what we're achieving. And mm-hmm. we think, well, would we ever invite a partner into our life who said those things to us? Exactly. You look ugly, you have wrinkles when you <laughs> smile, your posture is not great, and you're not mm-hmm. trying hard enough. We yeah. would never, but yet we do that to ourselves. And it's almost so automatic that we don't realize we're doing it. And it's accepted in this culture. We That's
0: all do. True. Yeah, it's accepted okay. and it's it's uh, it's even pushed because yeah. it'll, it'll keep us humble. Right.
1: Right. Right. I mean, who how dare we completely mm-hmm. love ourselves and yeah. approve of ourselves and applaud ourselves? Right. Because then we're arrogant or something.
0: Yeah. And it's that that very thing, that self-doubt or arrogance. And right. if we what if it's neither? What if we're this is how we're built to be? And, and that is how I see things. We're built. We have this blueprint that says, oh, we do have access to this kind of guidance in every cell in our body.
1: Right. And when we allow it to flow through us, it, it's we're co-creating, right? With the co-creating. divine mm-hmm. and it feels effortless and beautiful and so light filled.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So couldn't we be like that all the time? I think so. I mean, that's certainly what I try to do. It's not, I don't know about for you. It's not easy. It's constant vigilance of mind um, to make sure I'm, to make sure I'm following my own heart and my own inner guidance versus what I think the world needs me to be. Yeah. Or getting concerned with how they perceive me.
0: It sounds like you're aware when, when that kind of um, questioning thought comes in. Sounds like you're aware that, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is me going into that old way of being. I
1: am because it feels terrible. Right. And again, it goes from the little girl spinning around in her dress, showing off how beautiful she is with joy mm-hmm. to oh, the adults don't think I should do this. Right. Or they're saying that I'm showing off or whatever. And so I go from that incredible joy to not feeling very well. And then I realized because I suddenly got concerned about what other people are thinking of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that really is giving our power away, right? It's saying, you tell me if I'm appropriate. You tell me if I'm attractive. You tell me if I'm a good writer. You tell me if I'm worthy.
0: Yes, yes. And and the reality is, is that because everybody else has their own journey and their own um, struggles or doubts or whatever, how would they know? (laughs) Well, And
1: they're they're mercurial, right? So when they're Mm. well-fed and they've just gone to the bathroom and they're content, (laughs) they think you're great. They have all the energy in the world to shine on you. Mm -hmm. But if they've been stuck in traffic or they're cranky or they have to go to the bathroom or whatever it is, suddenly they're not giving you the attention you Mm. need. And you think, oh, no, they don't like me. And it's like, no, they just need to go eat or whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So having that discernment to be able to recognize when... (laughs) someone else's is, is it's just their, their thing it's just their it's stuff just their thing
1: because the truth is people who are filled with joy and content and present are usually very kind and attentive mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. who are struggling with whatever their own pain is or need at the moment usually aren't so kind or irritable. they are irritable and mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. usually has nothing to do with
0: us uh, the kindness you've said that a few times you've said that about yourself and you know and that and about other people, and that's a great I think that's a great measure, if you will. And I don't really mean measure in the way of judgment, but just am I in the place of kindness right now?
1: Well, and it's interesting, everything I went through to become enlightened. i I, I destroyed my whole life, my sanity. I burned almost everything I owned. Um, I took myself to the edge of suicide, basically. With that cult because I wanted to be an enlightened saint. And I wanted to be able to enter a subway car and have everybody feel better just because I was in there.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: wanted to, <laughs> it's such a weird life goal, right? But I wanted <laughs> to be like Jesus. Um and I realized after everything I went through. And the spiritual narcissism hit me when I was in that group. Oh, I'm on this path and other people aren't and I'm awake and they're asleep. Mm -hmm. And I realized after everything I went through that enlightenment really is just and being saint like is just being kind and grateful.
2: Yeah.
1: And we have a million opportunities every day to be saint like. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, getting in our car 15 minutes early so we're not a jerk in traffic or being in a rush, but holding a door open for somebody struggling with packages or crying our guts out one morning and then having to go to the post office and actually smiling at the person we're talking to, even mm-hmm. though we're hurting inside. Yeah.
0: All of that sounds very much like the ability to go into a subway car and transform people simply by your presence.
1: Well, and that just gave me goosebumps because I I do have people say when I'm around you, I feel so calm or I feel better about the world. And and, you know, I I do believe in vibration. And when we are in a vibration of love and gratitude and kindness, we do send that vibration out to those around us. It's inevitable and it
0: works. It works all across the vibrational scale. Right. That when we're vibrating at a lower rate, the lower frequency rate, that's what we draw to us. Right. Whether that's illness, whether that's, you know, bad experience or so-called bad experience. But they all have the capacity to to teach us something, to show us something, to um, to bring us to a new moment. I agree. Definitely. So. It's a funny thing to think that you were so intent about being enlightened (laughs) and then it happens in a completely different way.
1: (laughs) Well, and when I was so intent on being enlightened, I wanted to kill the part of me that was human. The part of me that was when my father died when I was 15 and I had been raised Catholic by a woman, who my mother was an alcoholic and she was emotionally abusive and she was beautiful and she was a lady and she wanted me to be a lady. And I had to go to etiquette classes and cotillion and I was a debutante. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as my father died I became the bad girl and I started drag racing my mustang and wearing all black and combat boots and diving off the stage at <laughs> punk rock concerts and you and must have been fun to know <laughs> I well I was super nerdy and unpopular and weird before I became the bad girl. And then when I became the bad girl, I was the coolest girl in school. Right. And, um, and so then when I tried to become enlightened, I tried to squash the bad girl part of me and uh. burned all her clothes and her high heels. And I ran over all her surfboards with my car. And I just was trying to become I some all white wearing Daisy behind my ear, Mala bead wearing enlightened monk.
0: Yeah. And sounds only, like, a, like an image of enlightenment.
1: Yes. And I destroyed the essence of myself. And I finally realized the enlightened version of us is, is human and messy and flawed and quirky and weird and different and meek <laughs> and obnoxious sometimes and mm-hmm. not nice sometimes, you know, but it's the authentic version that our creator created each one of us is unique Mm -hmm. so I realized we have to honor all those parts of us and so I had to bring my bad girl back with a vengeance (laughs) but she's kind now she's not a bad girl is she she you know what she's wild and she's untamed and she doesn't Mm. want to be caged and she wants to express herself fully Uh but she's also very
0: kind and grateful Sounds like a pretty magnificent blend.
1: <laughs> you did, thank you. It's it's so much more fun than trying to be one or the other. It really is.
0: And and being being anything, any one thing, whatever whatever that is, to me, <sighs> means that we really can't co-create because we're not allowing our own unique expression to come through.
1: Well, and I think when we're trying to be one thing, we're trying to be the personality that the world approves of. Mm. right? And we're trying to say, well, well, why can't I be the good girl all the time? That's the personality that the world approves of. But it's or with me, the bad girl, the, mm. the world approved of the bad girl. I got a lot of attention with her. Sure. And so but. I think each moment asks for different expressions of us, and we're these multifaceted dynamic beings. And mm-hmm. so we can't even know in advance which expression of us the universe is calling for unless we're present. And then we can allow, and we don't have preconceived ideas or judgments.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I can go out to a nice dinner and sit with my friends. And then they put on the good music and I'll get up on the bar and start dancing. You know, (laughs) but then my girlfriends will say every time we go out, get on the bar. And sometimes it will know it's not appropriate. I'm not in the mood tonight Yeah, yeah. where people are eating and it's not the right timing, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's honoring again. And in the past I would have overridden the fact that I didn't want to get on the bar and dance because Mm -hmm. all my girlfriends wanted me to, and it's a crowd pleaser. And now I check in and when I feel like being more introverted and quiet, I Mm -hmm. won't do it.
0: And if you are doing because it's expected, I'm sure that feels pretty hollow to you.
1: It's a betrayal. Yet again, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. making what they think more important than what I think of myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how that has shown up for you in your own life as you've gone through all these different Um, situations and experiences. And as you've moved through the world, I mean, you've done a lot of travel and, and I wonder if how you have seen that has shifted as you've been in different cultures.
1: It's really interesting because I traveled so much when I was younger, um, more than 50 countries before I turned 35. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I realized I was very free then. I felt very safe. I felt very protected by the world. Mm -hmm. I would show up to a third world country at three in the morning, not knowing the language and not knowing where I was going to stay. And it always worked out. (laughs) Um, After I went through the cult experience, I became very afraid of the world. I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't know who to trust. I didn't trust myself. Mm -hmm. I was scared to go to the grocery store. I was scared to go to the post office. I was scared to call people. Um, For years, for years. And now I go through phases. I go through phases where I feel very vulnerable and introverted. um, And I am afraid of going out in the world or calling strangers. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't, these phases don't last very long, maybe a day. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I have phases where I just can't wait to get on a plane and see where I end up and see who crosses my path. Um, Uh, And... I think it's just honoring I'm just learning to honor um, when I'm feeling really quiet and when when I'm feeling really outgoing and to not force myself or push myself if possible to be different
0: than I am in the moment. Yeah, it sounds like that sounds like the path of freedom.
1: It feels, it's so safe. I realized after everything I went through, I felt so unsafe in the world. And when I finally realized what that feeling was coming from, it was because I didn't trust myself to have my own back. I had been Uh forcing myself over and over in situations, for example, with men Uh that I didn't really want to be with or um, forcing myself to do really well at the executive MBA program at NYU, which... Why? Um, and so this feeling of not feeling safe or feeling anxious, I realized because I couldn't trust myself to have my own back. And so now I'm really protective of the child inside me, and I'm really protective of what she needs. And mm-hmm. so I feel safe in the world. And when I don't feel safe, when I'm feeling scared, I allow myself to not interact with the world if possible.
0: And, and what is that like? So you feel unsafe What What's the transition place? I'm trying to kind of I see what the question is that I have. What's the transition point for you of moving from not feeling safe to safety?
1: I again, I stop and I acknowledge the feeling this anxiety or not feeling safe. And um, for example, something recently was a bunch of girlfriends met some guys and wanted us all to go to dinner. And mm-hmm. And I was having that feeling of not feeling safe. And Mm -hmm. then I finally, instead of just going, oh, it'll be fun. And I haven't seen them for a week. And I'm sure these guys are great. I checked in with, well, why am I feeling so unsafe? And for whatever reason, it wasn't aligned for me to go to dinner with that Mm -hmm. group of people. Mm -hmm. And especially those men, not that they were bad men, but the part of me that was lonely and looking for a male partner. Mm-hmm. Kind of was coming in in mass consensus would say, oh, go out and meet new men,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go out
1: and be seen. Don't stay home. And the part of me that's wise and the little girl, especially these are not men for me. Mm-hmm. They might be handsome. And mm-hmm. after a couple of drinks, I might override my inner guidance and want to flirt with them. Mm-hmm. But but it's not a safe situation for me. And so then so then I stay home. And I love my friends because they always know I'm a definite maybe. I <laughs> <They> always say, <laughs> I'm a definite maybe. And they they love I love them because they get that if it's not feeling aligned for
0: me, I will not go. And it sounds like more than just safety, if I can say that, and and tell me if I'm off base in this. It, it, the feeling I have is safety is a piece of it, but it also maybe And it's also maybe, not but, and it also may be a situation of, oh, there's energies that are coming in to support you writing your next book. Right. And so it may not have anything to do with the men, the women, the going out, but really more of what this moment in time is opening you up into.
1: Does that make sense? It it does. It's it's basically, where's my energy being called that evening? Yes. And honoring that. Well, from the outside looking in, dinner with friends and cute handsome new men mm-hmm. seems wonderful. My energy is actually being called to stay home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cuz there's a there's a different a different picture here tonight.
1: Right. Right. And then the energy isn't available to want to go out, to want to get dressed up and put on the makeup. It mm-hmm. feels exhausting. Where the energy is calling me to stay home.
0: Yeah. And that's so how the flow is.
1: Yes. And so it's been such a journey of honoring that more and more.
0: Yeah. And that sounds like a a really a journey of then you feeling safe within your own skin because you are paying attention. You're not overriding. Right. Right. Overriding is such a big thing. And it's something that I find I talk a lot about with clients because or in classes because we're taught. In a way to override, we're taught to not pay attention to that that small, quiet voice within. You know, what does well, and
1: not only are we taught to not pay attention, unfortunately, so many of us when we're children, especially little girls, are taught mm-hmm. that we're bad girls if we have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're all dressed up in our pretty little dress and we're supposed to go hug so and so. And our inner guidance is I don't want to go hug so and so. And then we get well, you better go hug so and so or you're a bad girl
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: or I don't want to play with those people. And then we have to go play with those people. And so I think we're taught to people, please, to please the adults around us, our survival depends on it. I mean, we will die if we don't please the adults around us when we're tiny, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. take care of us. And so we override and override and
0: override. It sounds like you've got a lot of lessons in really, no, I mean this really in how to, and how to listen. And yes. To listen. And that's, that's beautiful.
1: Thank you. And it's interesting in both books, um, I do take the reader on the journey of me overriding <laughs> and then what happens mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. tuning in and listening or experimenting when I'm not a hundred percent sure. And then, you know, trying one thing and it doesn't really work out.
0: Um, so I, and I have been, t- I understand, you know, we have to be the researchers, don't we?
1: Yes and and fine tune as we go and look mm-hmm. for that feedback and then and it does help others i think when they read about or listen to our
0: journeys and our trials and errors i think that is is very true and 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 so needed because it, <laughs> this is an interesting world we're in and and we do have the journey of okay here we are we are we are more than our bodies we are this whole package being and we're here in the physical at the same time, we're tuning into these metaphysical or fourth and fifth and sixth dimensional energies. And how do we bring all that to bear in living our life every day?
1: And you add that so many of us know that we're light beings and that we're all love, pure love. And then we're in this interesting realm, right? Where humans aren't behaving. Many aren't behaving as light beings and mm-hmm. as pure love. Yeah. Um, And so that adds a whole different kind of weirdness to the whole experience.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it brings up judgment and separation and and doubt for, well, wait a minute. I thought we were this way and this person is demonstrating something so different. And
1: and then when we see it in ourselves, right, we see little glimpses of that behavior or whatever that um, confused Mm -hmm. being within ourselves and then the self judgment happens. Exactly, it's fascinating.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm more in tune to the self judgment than the other judgment. Meaning, that's been more my path. You know, right. it's been the self judgment. But I, I have a um, a teacher that used to say about her for herself as she was grappling with judgment. Oh, here comes the judge, <laughs> and it's an old oh god laugh in line okay Uh, from before your time but (laughs) but it was it was such a freeing kind of thing because if you can make a joke about your own self-awareness of oh here I am in judgment again that's what this feeling is and then you know the feeling that comes along with that is feeling separate 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 from life separate from the other person and
1: yeah, yeah. I remember reading somewhere a quote that we can't stand in love and judge at the same time. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so, Renee, what's next for you?
1: Well, the publicity for this book is a lot. Um, and it's going through the book just came
0: out August 16th. <laughs> And it had I a didn't wonderful realize it was that, that it was that recent. So, oh, this is exciting! Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a wonderful launch party here in Aspen, and I'm doing publicity through the end of October, mm-hmm. um, and then I am writing a third book. So this is a trilogy.
0: Uh, and I, I'll be I going ceiling.
1: To... <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite places to write is in the cafes of Buenos Aires, where I used to live when I was a tango dancer. Mm. So I'll be
0: spending the month of November there r- working on the third book. How exciting. And dancing too? Yes, dancing. I love dancing. So and I used to do some dancing, which I'm not going to talk about right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> but how wonderful.
1: Yeah. Any other travel coming up? I'm going to Mexico for a wedding in October oh. and traveling a little bit for publicity.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can people best reach you through my website, ReneeLinell.com? OK, that and that will be in the show notes, too. Yeah.
1: And I'm on social media, but I. I, when I go through my introverted moods, I disappear. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. But, but you're there if people. I am on on. Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Okay. Any last, um, what I want to say, if you were to say to our um, audience, remember this, what would you want to say? I would say, oh, I have to clear my throat.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. I would say, remember that you are a being of light and that you chose to incarnate on this magnificent planet for a reason and that you are unique for a reason. In eight, in a world of 8 billion people, there's no one else on this planet like you. Mm-hmm. And it's time to celebrate that and honor that and Go within and find out what you really love and what you're really good at and just do more and more and more of that and offer those gifts and that joy to the world. Oh.
0: Offer that those gifts and that joy to the world. Yes.
1: The world needs, you know, we can't be sick enough to make. Sick pe- Abraham Hicks said this we can't be sick enough to make sick people well and we can't be poor enough to make poor people wealthy and we can't be sad enough to make depressed people happy what we need to do is thrive mm. and when we thrive we shine our light into this world and this world needs
0: more light yeah so people get to, to are looking for the light
1: yes and and we are the light when we're happy mm-hmm. and we're happy when we're doing what's what brings us joy right.
0: Yeah, beautifully said. Ah, thank you, Renee, for being a guest here on Wisdom Talk Radio. I really value what you who you are and how you're showing up in the world. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Lori. I feel the same way about you. What a what a lovely pleasure to spend time with you and get to know you. Yes.
0: Thank you. And thank you to our viewers and our listening audience for being with us here today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. You can find us, of course, on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. and. If you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review, subscribe, because all of that helps more listeners find the wisdom, find the um, ability really to help transform the world. And for more about deepening your connection with your own inner guidance, take the Quantum Connection style quiz now. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.